For Christians, the good news helps us understand that our current sufferings are temporary and God's glory awaits us. It gives us hope in the assurance that our faith and commitment to the gospel will sustain us and enable us to thrive. Now, as we allow the word of God to take root in our hearts and multiply, we become prophets, sharing the message of salvation with others and demonstrating the amazing power of love, forgiveness, and radical acceptance. Welcome to the Real Word Podcast for the 15th Sunday in Ordinary Time, Cycle A of the Roman Catholic Lectionary. I'm Brandon Jubar, and I'll be your guide as we walk through the readings for this week. It's an important process because we believe the scriptures are the inspired word of God. But to really be nourished by the word, we need to break it open and look a little deeper. We need to let the Holy Spirit speak to us. Now, the messages I get from these scriptures might feel right to you, but you also might find that the Holy Spirit tells you something else, and that is absolutely all right. So if you're ready, let's dive in. As I said, tonight we'll be looking at the readings for the 15th Sunday in Ordinary Time, cycle A. Our first reading is from the prophet Isaiah, it's chapter 55, verses 10 and 11. Our second reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Romans. It's chapter 8, verses 18 through 23. And our gospel reading is from Matthew. It's chapter 13, verses 1 through 23. Just a couple things to note. First, we have readings from both the Old and New Testaments. Isaiah is from the Old Testament, or the Hebrew Scripture, while St. Paul's letter to the Romans is from the New Testament, or the Christian Scripture as is our gospel reading. Now, tonight we'll see that God says one long, complex sentence. Paul says creation is groaning, and Jesus gives away the secret. Okay, let's start by going through the readings, and then we can talk about the messages we find. Our first reading is from the prophet Isaiah. Thus says the Lord, As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Our second reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole of creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves 
who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. And our gospel reading is from Matthew. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat, sat in it, while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. The disciples came to him and asked, Why do you speak to the people in parables? He replied, Because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. For truly, I tell you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy, but since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop, yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. All right, so let's take a first glance at these readings and ask ourselves, what does this mean? What messages and meanings can we find if we dig around just a little bit? So our first reading was from the book of the prophet Isaiah. And 
There's a lot of meaning packed into this short little passage. Basically, it, it compares the word of God to rain and snow that bring life and fertility to the earth. So just as water sustains and nourishes the land, God's word has the ability to sustain and nourish us, to help us flourish and grow. It's a reminder that God's word isn't empty. It has the potential to accomplish its purpose. In a, in a world filled with uncertainty, confusion, and various ideologies, this message from Isaiah assures us that God's word is always reliable. It highlights the trustworthiness of, of God's promises and the faithfulness of God's intentions. It should encourage us to have faith in the power of God's word, a power that can guide us, comfort us, and bring hope to our lives. And if we take the time to think about it, there, there's an implied message here as well. There's an implied invitation to reflect on our response to God's word. Are we open to receiving and embracing it, allowing it to, to really sink into our hearts and minds? Are we allowing God's word to shape our thoughts and actions, our decisions? When we recognize the significance of engaging with God's word, studying it, meditating on it, uh, allowing it to, to take root in our lives, suddenly this passage becomes both a reassurance and a challenge. But the main message I got from our first reading is that God's word brings abundant life and fulfills its purpose. Ultimately, the message from Isaiah reminds us that the Word of God isn't static or irrelevant. It carries the power to bring about profound change and, and renewal in our lives. It, it invites us to, to approach the Scriptures with openness and, and some expectation, knowing that as we engage with God's Word, it can bring guidance, comfort, and direction. This message calls us to seek a, a deeper understanding of God's truth and to align our lives with God's divine purposes. By embracing and living according to God's word, we can experience the transformative power of grace. We can find guidance in times of uncertainty, and we can participate in building the kingdom on earth. We can do all of this because God's word brings abundant life and fulfills its purpose. Our second reading was from St. Paul's letter to the Romans. And in it, St. Paul, towards the end, uses the rather powerful metaphor of childbirth to help illustrate his message. He says that just as a, as a mother experiences intense pain during labor, but then finds joy and fulfillment when the birthing is complete— our current struggles and hardships, well, they'll fade in comparison to what St. Paul says is the glorious future that God promises us. But it's not just about us. Paul also emphasized that creation itself eagerly awaits its redemption. So our salvation is intricately connected to the restoration of all creation. We, we aren't separate from creation. We're a part of it. 
and our redemption is intertwined with the redemption of the world around us. In essence, Paul highlighted the importance of caring for and stewarding God's creation, which should help us to recognize our responsibility to participate in its preservation and restoration. Now, overall, Paul's message offers hope and encouragement in, in the midst of adversity. It, it reminds us that our present trials are not the end of the story, and that we can find strength and perseverance knowing that a future of unimaginable glory awaits us. This is important for us today because it, it addresses the reality of suffering, but tempers it with the hope of this future glory. St. Paul acknowledges the presence of suffering and hardships in the world, which can be experienced by individuals and, and even by creation itself. But he encourages believers to look beyond the present sufferings and set their hopes on something wonderful that's yet to come. Paul encouraged believers to persevere in faith. Even in the face of suffering, he assured the Christians in Rome that the sufferings they endured wouldn't be meaningless, but rather a, a part of the greater plan of God's redemption. This perspective provided comfort and strength and inspired them to live with a, a stronger hope in the promises of God. So the main message I got from our second reading is that our present suffering is outweighed by the glory that awaits us. St. Paul's message reminds us of the interconnectedness of creation and humanity. And this understanding invites us to reflect on, on our role as stewards of creation. It, it reminds us of the responsibility we have to care for and protect the rest of creation. However, Paul was mainly interested in encouraging us to view suffering in a broader context keeping our focus on, on the ultimate glory and redemption that, that will someday be revealed. It, it reminds us to maintain hope. It assures us that we can find strength in our faith because we know that our present suffering is outweighed by the glory that awaits us. And finally, our gospel reading was from Matthew. And this is a rather lengthy passage. We saw Jesus telling a parable to the crowd, but then later he explained the parable to his disciples. In other words, his, his intended meaning isn't exactly a secret to us, reading about it 2,000 years later. Now, we can't know for sure if the people in the crowd understood that Jesus was trying to help them understand that our hearts play a critical role in receiving and responding to the Word of God. And Jesus used the parable of the sower to illustrate the different types of hearts or dispositions that people have when, when they're encountering what we now call the good news. So if you recall, Jesus was explaining that the condition of our hearts determines how we receive and respond to God's Word. And some hearts are like the hardened path where the seed can't take root and it's snatched up. It's symbolizing those who hear the word but fail to understand it or accept it. 
Other hearts are like the rocky ground where the seed initially sprouts but quickly withers because its roots don't go deep enough. That represents those who are all fired up when they first hear the good news, but eh, then they lose interest or give up as soon as they're faced with challenges. Then there are hearts like thorny ground where the seed is just choked out by all the worldly concerns and distractions. Right, That symbolizes those who allow the cares of this world to to just drown out the good news. Luckily, there are other hearts. Jesus said there are those hearts like fertile soil that receive the word, understand it, and bear abundant fruit. Now, it's interesting to look at the words used by Jesus in each example. In the first one, the hardened path, Jesus says the person hears the message and does not understand. In the second one, the rocky ground, Jesus says the person receives it with joy. In the third example, the thorny ground, Jesus says the person hears the word, but life chokes it out. Then in the final good example, the person hears the word and understands it. So we have a two-part goal. We have to hear the message, the good news, and then we have to understand it. It's not enough to sit in Mass each week, listen to the Word and the homily, and then not do anything to really engage with it and try to understand it more. Now, hopefully joining me each week as we break open the Word is helping with that a bit. Hopefully my meanderings each week are helping you both hear and understand the Word, Because the main message I got from our gospel reading is that if we hear the word and understand it, then it will grow in our hearts and multiply. Now, it's not enough to to just nod in agreement with this message. We also need to reflect on the condition of our hearts and think about how we receive and respond to God's word. Today's gospel reading challenges us to examine the the barriers or distractions that might hinder our spiritual growth. It it challenges us to to cultivate hearts that are receptive and understanding, because this is what will help the good news take root and grow. If we can learn to open ourselves to a deeper understanding of God's message, then we can embrace and live the gospel message of love, forgiveness, and radical acceptance. But that can only happen if we hear the word and understand it, because then it will grow in our hearts and multiply. All right, let's sum up what we've talked about so far. In our first reading from Isaiah, the main message I came away with was, God's word brings abundant life and fulfills its purpose. In our second reading from Romans, the main message I got was, our present suffering is outweighed by the glory that awaits us. And finally, the main message I got from our gospel reading was, if we hear the word and understand it, then it will grow in our hearts and multiply. When we embrace the messages from today's readings, we open ourselves to the incredible power of God's word. We recognize that the good news isn't empty or pointless, 
but rather it, it carries the potential for abundant life and fulfillment. By understanding that our present sufferings are temporary and that God's glory awaits us, we gain the strength to persevere and overcome. We find hope in the assurance that our faith and commitment to the gospel will not only sustain us, but also enable us to thrive and bear fruit in our lives. As we allow the Word of God to take root in our hearts and multiply within us, we become prophets, sharing the message of salvation with others and demonstrating the power of love, forgiveness, and radical acceptance. So let's step back and take a second glance at our readings overall and ask ourselves if our path has become clear. To do this, I like to answer two questions. So what and now what? Okay, so what? Why should we care about any of this? Well, we should care about this because there are far too many self-proclaimed Christians who have hearts that are hardened or distracted by worldly concerns. And unfortunately, we can be that way too sometimes. But if we care about these messages, we understand that we have a choice. We decide how receptive we'll be. We decide if we're going to work on hearing and understanding God's Word, the gospel message, the good news. We decide. This is important because when we embrace the power of God's Word and allow it to sink into our hearts and really take root, then we open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit. We realize that the good news isn't just a bunch of ancient, empty words. The good news has the potential to bring us all abundant life and fulfillment. In a world filled with suffering, uncertainty, and countless distractions, these messages provide hope, strength, and a renewed perspective. Caring about this is important because it gives us a roadmap for living a life that's aligned with the teachings of Jesus Christ. It should give us the hope of eternal life, which helps us uh, or helps give us the, the strength to persevere in the face of challenges. And it gives us the opportunity to make a positive impact in a world that's desperately in need of hope and redemption. And the last question I try to answer is, now what? Well, what are we supposed to do? Where do we go from here? Well, assuming that you've prepared your heart and you're ready to receive the good news, then it's time to hear and understand what the Lord has to say. It's not enough to watch a webinar, even a fantastic one like this, or to sit through Mass once a week. We have to go deeper. So with that in mind, here's your real challenge for the week. Spend time reflecting on the Gospels. Look, every week I suggest uh, that you use this as a starting point, that you spend some time reading the Bible on your own. So this idea should not be new to you. When we engage in regular Scripture reading, study, and prayer, when we do more to immerse ourselves in the Word of God, wonderful things can happen. By delving deeper into the Gospels, we can gain wisdom, insight, and, and guidance for living out our faith. It can help us discern the truths and principles that should shape our attitudes, our actions, and, and our interactions with others. 
the intentional action, this intentional action nurtures a, a receptive and responsive heart, and it helps us to hear and understand the Word of God, which allows it to take root, grow, and bear fruit in our lives. And it all can start with spending time reflecting on the Gospels. Well, before I wrap things up, I'd like to leave you with one more quote from Scripture. As you're scheduling time to read and reflect on the Gospels, remember what we read in Psalm 119, verse 105. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light for my path. Just as a lamp illuminates our path, the word of God lights our way, helping us navigate life's challenges and make choices that are better aligned with God's will. By immersing ourselves in the Gospels, we allow the light of the good news to shine in our hearts, leading us closer to God and guiding our steps as we build the kingdom on earth. All right, we've come to the end of our time here together. Thanks for joining me. I'll be back again next week. But in the meantime, I encourage you to use this as a starting point. Spend some time with a Bible on your own, especially with the Gospels. Read through a passage a couple of times. Think about it. Pray about it. Try to open up not only your mind, but your heart. Break open the Word and then listen to what the Holy Spirit says to you. The Real Word Podcast is brought to you by The Real Values Project, Real Youth Ministry, and The Real Values Framework. Real stands for respect, engage, accept, and lead. For more information on The Real Values, please visit keepingitreal.club. And finally, the Bible readings used for this podcast are from the Holy Bible New International Version, copyright 1973, 1978, 1984, in 2011 by Biblica Inc. Used by permission, all rights reserved worldwide.